Brothers and sisters, today we celebrate the ascension of the Lord, the day when, after the resurrection, Jesus returned to heaven. And I think we often overlook the significance of this event. The ascension actually tells us a lot about salvation, and it speaks to us about our relationship with God. One of the things that the entire Bible makes clear to us is that God is strange. That is to say, God does not act in ways that make sense to human beings. He does things that we would never do, and he does them in ways that we would never do them. And we see that today in the ascension. We see a God who acts in a strange but wonderful manner. God acted in a strange but wonderful way when he became a human being. That is to say, he didn't gain anything by becoming a human being. It didn't make his life better. He didn't need anything from human beings. After all, there's nothing that we can do that adds anything to God's life. And yet, strangely, God became a human being anyway. And he did so to benefit us. Then, of course, God acted very strange when he chose to die on a cross for us. Again, think about how strange this was. After all, you know, many of us probably wouldn't be willing to die for people who taunted us, rejected us, jeered at us, called us the devil, mocked our family of origin, and rejected our commands. Yet this is precisely what God does. He becomes a human being, and then he dies for us. And then today, he acts in a strange manner once again, by ascending into heaven. What's strange about this is that when he returns to heaven, he does so with his human nature completely intact. And this is strange because it means that Jesus is now incorporating our humanity into the very life of God. That is to say, he's showing us that his union with us wasn't something that he did just once some 2,000 years ago. He's showing us that his humanity remains with him, and it's incorporated into the Godhead. So in other words, when Jesus entered into creation nearly 2,000 years ago, he wasn't play-acting. He wasn't like a stage actor who takes on a role for a little while, and then, once the performance is over, goes back to being his quote-unquote real self. No, Jesus was saying that having a human nature is part of his real self. He tells us that his human nature is with him wherever he goes, including into that life of the Trinity in heaven. Again, how strange that is. Strange, yet wonderful. It's wonderful because it has all sorts of implications for us. One of them is that it allows us to form a deep and personal relationship with God. That is to say, by becoming human, Jesus made it clear that God wants a relationship with us human beings. By ascending into heaven as a human, God makes it clear that he wants to share his very life with us human beings. 
In other words, he didn't come to earth just to hang out with us for a little while, for a few days, as if he were on some sort of a vacation. He came to earth to encounter us and to bring us into an intimate relationship with him. He came to earth so that he could bring us to heaven where we can share eternal life with God. In all of what God is showing us, he's showing us that he has a great love for humanity. He didn't do this for other creatures. You know, after all, he didn't become a mosquito so that mosquitoes could share life with him in heaven. And thank goodness for that. But he does become a human being. And he did so so that we could share life with him in heaven. And remarkably, even after we rejected him, even after we mocked him, spat upon him, beat him, and even killed him on a cross, he still wants a relationship with us. He still wants to bring us into heaven to share life with him. He still wants us to share in his divine life. Strange? Yes, but wonderful. It's amazing, isn't it, that God wants a relationship with us. And it's even more amazing the length to which God goes to enter into this relationship with us. But I think the most remarkable thing is that God doesn't just come to humanity as a whole. He comes to each one of us as individual human beings. And sometimes I think that we as individuals can fall into the trap of thinking that, you know, God is so big and so busy and has so many things on his mind that he can't possibly be concerned about me and my individual problems and my relationships and my relationship with him. In other words, we can begin to feel like a number when it comes to God. But while most people and organizations that we deal with and interact with do treat us as numbers, God does not. God knows us individually. And he relates to us on an individual level. And as strange as it sounds, it's with you as an individual that God wishes to have a personal relationship. How strange. And yet how wonderful. Friends, the good news is that God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be truly happy, eternally happy. And so he reaches out to us. But of course, as we know, relationships require two people, which means that we, on our part, have to accept him. We have to accept his invitation to share in his life. He won't override our free will, nor will he force us to share life with him. We have to willingly enter into a relationship with him. Just as a husband and wife have to willingly share their lives with each other, we have to willingly say yes to God and be open to sharing our life with him. You know, sadly, I find so many people are afraid to do that. I think partially because we all know that deep down, we're not truly worthy of God's love. But the good news is not that we have to be worthy to enter a relationship with God, but that God reaches out to us despite the fact that we're not worthy. 
All we have to do is accept the love that he freely offers to us. Let me be clear. Accepting God's love can be hard and it can be difficult. You know, I think one of the greatest examples of that is the sacrament of penance. You know, how many of us are willing to accept the way in which God reaches out to us and offers his forgiveness and his mercy in the sacrament of penance? You know, in my experience as a priest and a confessor, the answer is sadly a much smaller number than it perhaps should be. And I think that the reason is partly because we're uncomfortable with our sins. But I also think that sometimes we forget how strange God is. We forget that God is willing to forgive us over and over and over again. And instead, we worry that rather than being forgiven, if we show up at the sacrament of penance, we're going to be punished and berated, either by God or by the priest. But the reality is that we have this strange God who's not seeking to punish us, but to extend his love to us through his mercy. And he does this by offering us forgiveness of sins through the sacraments. And not only does he forgive us of our sins, but he wants to be united with us. And again, we see this in another sacrament, in the sacrament of the Eucharist that we're about to celebrate. I think that's the ultimate proof of God's desire to be united with us, to share life with us. He wants us to receive him into our very bodies. This is one of the most intimate things that we human beings do, is take another and share our bodies with them. Just as Jesus received our human nature and brought it into the Godhead, he wants us to receive his divine nature and bring it into our own lives. Jesus wants us to share that intimate life with him in heaven. What God tells us through the sacraments is that he wants that ultimate relationship with us. He not only wants us or to hear about the superficial details of our lives, but he wants to be integrated into our very being. How strange, and yet how wonderful. Friends, don't ignore that strange and wonderful God who reaches out to you, wanting to share his life with you. Rather, accept him. Embrace him. Share your life with him. Share everything that you have with him. And in return, allow him to provide you with his true peace and his true joy. Brothers and sisters, peace to you and to all who embrace our strange but wonderful God.